as you find your seats, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Deuteronomy, meaning the second giving of the law, Deuteronomy, we'll be looking in chapter 4 and also chapter 18 this morning. One thing we know for sure, everybody needs a hero. Everybody longs for a hero, someone they could look up to, someone they could place their hope in, uh, someone that can rescue them. Everyone needs a hero. And for the Israelites, you don't get a hero better than Moses. I mean, Moses was incredible. One who would lead them from slavery to a promised land. A hero that would go toe-to-toe with the most powerful man of the earth at the time, Pharaoh of Egypt. One who would bring God signs and wonders and allow uh, the Pharaoh to see that our God reigns. This hero, Moses, that was the ultimate hero for the Israelites. Maybe with the exception of David, David was the ultimate king. Uh, But really, truly, in the Old Testament, the ultimate prophet, the one who spoke face to face with God was Moses. Moses was like maybe what Harriet Tubman was like for the African-Americans in the Civil War. War. The one who would risk her life uh, creating an underground railroad. The one that would rescue her brothers and sisters from slavery. Maybe Moses would be like Harriet Tubman. Or maybe in the Civil Rights Movement, someone more like Martin Luther King Jr. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was in a church in Eatonville at Redeeming Light with Pastor Brown. And Uh, There on the wall, as you walk into their church, is pictures of Martin Luther King Jr. And just the remembrance that this hero helped lead them uh, toward equality because he had a dream. Uh, Maybe uh, for us, it's like someone like George Washington or Abraham Lincoln, those who would fight for freedom for us. Uh, For Protestants, it's certainly Martin Luther We look to Martin Luther as a hero who would go toe-to-toe with the Pope, go toe-to-toe and lead us uh, to God's Word and and incredibly lead a reformation. Maybe maybe to those survivors at 9-11 in one of the World Trade Center towers, maybe the hero was that man with a red red bandana that would lead others to safety, pointing them the way out, the way to rescue we think of heroes for the Israelites, if we put ourselves, we slip ourselves into their sandals, especially when we're looking at the original audience that's reading this story. I mean, it's Moses who's giving them the story, the word of God. Last week, I had the privilege of having a prayer breakfast. Uh, it wasn't my prayer breakfast. I was invited to it on uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, it was down at the Church Street Station, uh, the Grand Ballroom there. The place was packed, packed at 7 in the morning with men, men mostly wearing orange and blue, because they were there to talk and to hear from a man named Bob Tebow. Now, who is Bob Tebow? I promise you, we could not fill a room of that many men uh, five years ago if they announced Bob Tebow is going to come share his story. And everybody would say, well, who cares about Bob Tebow? We don't know who Bob Tebow is. But now the world knows. They, the fame of Bob Tebow is with his son, Timmy. I think he did something last night. Uh, 
a little award. Uh, I was so pleased to see how uh, he gave credit to the Lord. Uh, and again, uh, it was amazing to see just how much we long for heroes. Those men wanted to come and be next to a hero's dad, even if he's a football player. That's amazing. Many of you have said in the last week or two, I mean, numerous of you said that I look a little like Tim Tebow. Now, now listen, I really think it's a, a, not a fair uh, comparison. Do you really think that? I mean, let him work on his passing game a little bit, all right? Work on that, get a little bit better, and then maybe make the comparison a little bit more. Just last week, someone said, uh, we've got visitors to the church. Uh, they said that you're really humble. Well, that, that, that's gone out the window, I guess. Huh? Well, turn with me uh, to Deuteronomy. Let's look at the Old Testament hero of Moses, this one who gives God's uh, word to his people, an incredible warrior, an incredible prophet of old. We're going to look at Deuteronomy uh, 4, verses 1 through 8, uh, and then Deuteronomy 18, 15 through 19. Remember, we're reading God's very uh, holy, inerrant, infallible word. Deuteronomy 4, verse 1. And now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I am teaching you, and do them that you may live, and go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor. For the Lord your God destroyed from among you all the men who followed the Baal of Peor. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today. See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of these people, of the peoples, who, when they hear all these statues, will say, Surely this great nation is wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near it as the Lord our God is to us? Whenever we call upon him and what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as the law that I set before you today. You see, Moses was saying clearly, this is this is what I got from the Lord. I'm commanding you to do this. And as you do this, you will live. This is the way to go. You will prosper. And not only that, this law was something that God gave his people that was a mark of distinction. This set them apart from all other nations, that this God was so near. This God would speak so audibly to a prophet that he would give them commandments and laws to follow. It was a distinction for them. They were so proud of Torah, God's law. But we also see that even Moses himself will point to one that was to come, that was even greater. Turn with me again in Deuteronomy 18. This is what Mike Fenema read earlier, verse 15 through 19. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, Moses is speaking, from among you, from right among the people, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb, 
on the day of the assembly, when you said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire anymore, lest I die. you got to understand, this is why Moses was one of the, the incredible heroes that he was. God's people, having left Egypt through the Red Sea, now being fed manna uh, in the desert, have seen God on Mount Horeb. And it was terrifying. God is a consuming fire. They saw the mountain on fire and rumble and quake, and they were terrified. Scripture tells us when people come into the contact with a holy, living God, usually fright is a part of that context. But God will touch us and give us the ability to enter into that that presence, ultimately through Jesus. And so see the Israelites, put yourself in their sandals, knowing that they had one that was brave enough to go not only to the base of the mountain, but up into the mountain and to receive God's word. I mean, this one was so brave, when he got into God's presence, his face glowed. And they would come and listen to their hero. And they were afraid. They said, you go for us. Because if we go, we might die. In verse 17, And the Lord said to me, They are right in what they have spoken. You see, God and his people always need a mediator. One who will stand in, in a place of the people and talk to God. And that ultimately will be his son. I will raise up from them a prophet like you. He's saying, here comes another hero. A prophet like you from among their brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth. And he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words, that he shall speak in my name. I myself will require it from him. Let us pray together. Father God, we thank you that you have given us your word. And God, we thank you for the heroes that you use to help carry your word to us. And God, when we look into the Old Testament, to the Old Covenant, and there is no prophet like Moses, the one that you would call friend and the one that you would speak face to face with. And Father, we thank you that even Moses knew that there was a greater prophet to come. Even Moses knew that there was one to come that would speak directly into our hearts, not on tablets of stone. And Father, we ask that the spirit of that great prophet, the prophet Jesus, would come into this room and speak clearly today. Father, open up our ears to hear your word. Father, illumine our minds so we understand what you have for us today. Father, take our hearts that remain stony and and dark and unbelieving and, and give us a heart of faith, a heart of flesh. Father, we ask your spirit that would come and and as we hear your word and we realize what Jesus has done for us, God, that you would empower our feet, that we would walk in his way, that we would walk in his truth, that we would walk in his life, all for your glory and for the advancement of Christ Jesus and his kingdom. We pray in Christ's powerful name. Amen. Again, I want you to think about Moses because we read these characters in the Old Testament, we can blow right by them. Because they, they, they lived a long time ago. They're, they're not necessarily those that we can put our arms around. But when we think about Moses, we really realize why he was such a great hero for the Israelites. And why he still continues to be for the Jews an incredible hero. Because Moses was willing to go up against the world's strongest leader of his day. 
the Pharaoh of Egypt. And he was empowered by God through some amazing signs and wonders. And, and these signs and wonders are awesome because what they're really doing is this. They're mocking the gods of the Pharaoh in Egypt. They're mocking him. And God's showing, I'm the only God who is. I am God Almighty. And then it's, it's uh, uh, Moses who will lead God's people out of Egypt and head them toward a promised land. It's, it's Moses who parts the Red Sea. It's Moses who's done these signs and wonders. It's Moses who's a friend of God. And the Israelites say, you know what? We've had other prophets who've had dreams and visions from God. We've had other prophets that have spoken God's word for us. But no one, no one has spoken to us like Moses. Moses speaks face to face with God. An incredible prophet, one who uh, Exodus 33 11 would say this of this prophet Moses. Moses is a prophet who did literally speak face to face with God. Moses, uh, or Exodus 33 11 says this Thus says the Lord, uh, uh, thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Wow. The incredible privilege that Moses had, the incredible insight that Moses had, that when he got in God's presence, it was like you getting in the presence of a good friend. And just being able to dialogue and understand and really be able to hear, and not just the words, but the heart. And then to be able to communicate, like if you listen to a good friend and you're able to share that story with a spouse or another friend, and you're able to really communicate what was said and and, and the gestures and the heart. And this is Moses. And when Moses talked to God's people, they, they, they really wanted to listen. Because they knew that this wasn't somebody from afar that heard a rumor about God. This is someone who's been with them and spoke with them face to face. You see, we see that people were afraid of the presence of God. In Exodus 20, verses 18 through 21, it tells us that the people said, don't, we don't want to go. We don't want to go up to the mountain. It's too, it's too terrifying. Go for us, Moses. We're afraid. Will you go up there? And so when you think about a hero, one who is willing to step forward when you're afraid, one who's willing to go where no one else will go, one who bids, does an entire nation's bidding, that's Moses. It's Moses willing to enter into God's presence when everyone else was afraid. But this hero Moses, he was a hero because Moses gave God's people the word of God, the Torah. He gave them the law. And again, it's something we usually blow right by. Okay, okay, he gave them some rules and regulations. No, this is what helped make them a great nation. Torah is what made them distinct from all other nations around them. And they said, we got a God who speaks. And not some far off God who doesn't really care about us, only cares about himself. We have a God who's entered into history with us. And this God who speaks has given us his word. I mean, this word, this Torah, we have God's word. And it was really celebrated saying, this makes us distinct from all other nations. Let me ask you the question, what makes America great? 
What makes this country great? What makes us unique? What makes us distinct? You would have to say it's the Declaration of Independence. It's the Constitution. It's the Bill of Rights. It's a document that tells us that we have freedom. It's a document that tells us that we have the right to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. What makes us distinct are these ancient documents. We see... Therefore, we look back in history and say, these folks are our heroes. They gave us something that made us who we are. Moses, the hero of the Israelites, gave God's word to them. He was a prophet who spoke literally God's words. God used his personality. God used all that Moses was. But as God gave Moses this word, God spoke. God spoke. And he gave them what is called Torah, the law of God. And it made them a distinct nation. So much they called themselves God's nation. God's people. And this Torah was so important. This Torah was the way that they were to live their lives. This Torah was to point them to truth. This Torah was to give them life itself. If you'll turn with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest uh, chapter in the Bible, um, and it talks a lot about Torah, the law of God. But I want you to see what the Israelites thought about Torah. Torah was so important, they would say this, Torah is the way. Torah is the way to live. Torah is the life. Torah is the truth. Does it sound familiar? They would say Torah, the way, the truth, and the life. And well, let's pick up from the psalmist. Uh, these words. Psalm 119.1 starts off this way. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Immediately see there's a blessedness for following Torah. It's, it begins even in Psalm 1. There's a blessedness because Torah is, to the Israelites, the way. Not only do they believe it's the way, turn in 119 verse 142, you'll see that they believe that Torah is truth. Your righteousness is righteousness forever, and your law is truth. Torah is truth. God gave us that which we can know is true. No matter what other people try to deconstruct it or try to use different filters, we know that Torah is truth. The Israelites would say, this hero Moses gave us law. He gave us the way. This hero Moses, he gave us God's truth. Torah is truth. And then we look at uh, verse 93 of Psalm 119, 93, it says this, I will never forget your precepts, your law, for by them you have given me life. For the Israelites, Moses, the hero, gave them a document of God's word. And in that document, and in that word, and in that law, they would say, is the way, is the truth, is the life. But they died. But they died, and we realize that words carved in stone, listen, 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 words carved in stone, even God's words carved in stone, cannot ultimately give us life. Words carved in stone, even God's words carved in stone, cannot ultimately give us life. There had to be another prophet. 
there had to be another hero. There had to be one who would come and God would write not on his words, not on tablets of stone, but you ready for this? This prophet will write his words on our hearts. This prophet would lead us to Jesus. Jeremiah 31 says this, a prophet would come who would write God's word on our hearts. Uh, Jeremiah 31 verses 31 through 34 says this, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and his brother saying, know the Lord. For they shall know, they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sins no more. No matter how great of a prophet Moses was, no matter how great of a hero, he failed to bring the way, the truth, and the life ultimately to God's people. He even disqualified himself from the promised land. So this, prom- this prophet has, has arrived and his name is Jesus. And this prophet is, is like Moses. But unlike Moses who spoke face to face with God, this prophet Jesus speaks as God. Turn with me to John chapter 1. John 1 we see very clearly. In the beginning was the Word. This is the Word of God. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. This is Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. All things made through Him. And without Him there was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And in verse 14, then that word became flesh and dwelt among us. The writer of Hebrews says it this way in the beginning of Hebrews 1, 1 says this, in former times in many ways God spoke through prophets. He gave them visions. He gave them dreams. Uh, with Moses he spoke face to face. But in the end times, in these last times, God has spoken to us not through prophets, but through His Son directly. Advent is a celebration of the prophet who is to come. The prophet who would speak as God. Jesus is not only the prophet who spoke as God. Jesus is the word of God in flesh. Unbelievably, John 1.14 says this. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. He is the embodiment of the law. He is the truth fulfilled incarnate. Full of grace and truth. What Moses couldn't do, Jesus did by becoming the Word of God, becoming flesh and dwelling among us. So we could write God's Word on our hearts. So we could remove our hearts of stone, give us a heart of faith. Jesus is God's Word in the flesh. Talk about God's ultimate hero. And then Jesus, think of a Jewish audience. Moses, a hero. Jesus comes on the scene. 
Crazy things are seen being said about him. I mean, John the Baptist is talking craziness that Moses gave us the law, but grace and truth is in Jesus. And this Jesus who says, I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of life. Before Abraham was, I am. And, and, and especially the Jewish audience is listening to Jesus saying, man, he's making claims that are unbelievable, that all of Scripture is pointing to him. And then in John 14, 6, Jesus makes it clear. And put yourself in a Jewish audience thinking Torah is the way, Torah is the truth, Torah is the life. And Jesus comes along and says, uh, 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 I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Following Torah does not lead you to the Father. Following me does. When we looked at the life of Moses, we see this man as an incredible man for the Israelites, but still they grumbled about him. Still they didn't want to follow him. Still they got tired of him. Still they said, can't you produce anything better for us than this manna? I mean, can't we have a little bit more to drink? Maybe we should go back to slavery. Maybe we should go back to Egypt. And we look at Moses and say, man, he just endured so much, yet he himself was disqualified from the promised land. And you look at the life of Moses and the life of Jesus, clearly Jesus, the ultimate man, the ultimate hero. Are you following him or are you grumbling? Let me ask a few questions in closing. Is this, how do we have God's law written in our hearts? How can he do it? I'll tell you right what. He can't write the law into sinful hearts. He has to give us a new one. An incredible prophet named Ezekiel says this, that one will come, and it's Jesus, who will give us a new heart, who will put a new spirit within us. He will remove the heart of stone uh, from their flesh and give us a heart of flesh. Has Jesus given you a new heart? Are you following this incredible prophet of God, this son of God? Has he been able to give you a new heart and write his law on you? And let me ask those of you who have embraced Jesus as as Messiah, as God's son, is Jesus the way in your life? Are you really living according to Jesus' way? Not just wearing a bracelet, WWJD, but looking into your life saying, you know, God's son is truly the way to follow. God tells me that I got to die to myself and I got to live for Him. That living for Him is the way to bring Him glory, Him honor. Christian, are you living your life as Jesus is truly the way to live it? Are you living your life as Jesus is the truth? Are you abiding in that truth? Are you, are you meditating on His Word? Is it, is it becoming a part of you? Is, is the Word making you more and more like Jesus? Or are you cherry-picking the truth? Take a little bit of here, a little bit here. I don't like this so much. I'm single and I don't want this applied to me or I'm not crazy about my marriage and I don't want this applied to me. Are we truly abiding and following Jesus, believing that he is the truth? How about Jesus is your life? Are you searching for life outside of Christ this Advent season? And maybe are you trying to just compartmentalize your life, saying, Jesus, you can have this much of my life, but hands off everything else. God so loved the world that he would send his son to come and to live and die for us because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. He did it all so that we could know him and love him. He did it all so we can experience his glory. 
Today, this morning in my devotions, I read through the book of Jude. Don't be impressed. It's one chapter. And in Jude 5, it says this. It blew me away uh, as I read this morning. It says this. Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus who saved a people out of the land of Egypt. Who saved the people out of the land of Egypt? I thought that was Moses. But no, God's word clearly says that all the heroes of the old point to the ultimate hero of the new. Jesus. All those, those kings and the prophets all pointed to the one who could truly be the way, truly be the life, truly be the truth. Do you know him? And even in the book of Jude, it says, the one who saved and led his people out of Egypt is Jesus. Has Jesus led you out of your Egypt? Have you embraced him as your Lord and Savior? If so, celebrate it. Because all of redemptive history points in the beginning he was there, in the end he will be there, always reigning is the way, the truth, and the life. This Advent season, celebrate that reality. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that your word gives us heroes like Moses who was willing to do and go places that the rest of the people were terrified to go and do. And Father, I thank you for the humanity of these heroes that they were so much like us trying to figure out what it was like to please God. And God, I thank you that when you gave us pictures of your heroes like Moses, you didn't take away their warts and the things that they just messed up with. Because all of that gives me hope, but all of that points to a greater one to come, the perfect Lamb of God, the one full of grace and truth. Jesus, thank you for becoming the Word in flesh, God incarnate, Jesus, thank you that you have come to lead us out of the slavery of sin and bondage into the promised land with you. Jesus, thank you that you in the beginning were there. Thank you that you are here with us now. And in the end, for the glory of it all, you will be there. Father, during this Advent season, may we be reminded that Jesus truly is the way, the truth, and the life and live our lives according to that great love and mercy. We pray all this in Christ's powerful name. Amen.